Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. And this is Jordan, Jesse, go! This week on Jordan, Jesse, Go, we discuss major life transitions, major directors, and of course, space boners. Let's go. It's Jordan, Jesse, Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. Beautiful day in Los Angeles. Beautiful late afternoon. Uh, sun-dappled windows. Am I sun-dappled right now? Yeah, I mean, there's some light dappling. I like that. I like to have a little dappling when I'm podcasting. You don't want sure. severe dappling? Because your concern is, of course, cancer. Yeah. And you don't want to get cancer. But hey, just, just regulate, regulate your dappling. And you're going to be Robert Redford. Dapple smart. When you're 80, you're going to be Redford. Sure. Um, joining us this week on Jordan, Jesse, Go, uh, of course, one of America's most, most beloved authoresses. Um, she has uh, written best-selling books, including but not limited to the recent Packing for Mars, uh, which is uh, just out in paperback, uh, Bonk, uh, about sex, uh, Stiff, about what happens after you're dead, uh, in the world, not in the other world, in Mary Roach joining us. Mary, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> Mary Roach is over there like, what have I gotten myself involved with? I've never heard the word authoress before. Do you? I like it. I also, uh, when you said that, I thought maybe authoratrix. You know how the, <laughs> yeah. don't, don't female aviators get to be aviatrix? Sure. Yeah. I want the, the tricks suffix, please. L- listen, as long, okay, I will refer to you as an authoratrix. Thank you. As soon as you get a leather helmet and some goggles. <laughs> it's out there. Great. Yeah. And okay. I will refer to you as an authoratrix as soon as you <laughs> refer to me by my preferred title, which is Archaeopteryx. <laughs> the link between birds and dinosaurs. And I'll be, oh, I don't know, King Schlong. <laughs> there you go. Great. We all have some more. We all have new nicknames. Um, I have, I have, this is, this is just a sort of opening salvo question, an issue that's been on my mind since we were, uh, on our little Midwest jaunt to Chicago and Ann Arbor. Um, I, uh, I took the train from, uh, Chicago to Ann Arbor for our Ann Arbor show. And at some point it went past an airport or maybe I drove past an airport. At some point I was passing an airport. And I was sort of looking over into the airfield where all the airplanes were. Is this a question about the Gene Buttman side? <laughs> no, that's all you care about, okay, about well, Ann Arbor. Mary, for your, for your benefit, I saw a sign in Ann Arbor uh, for a Ford dealership called Gene Buttman Ford. <laughs> anyway. Uh, we, we should clarify, it won't benefit you very much no. that you know this information. But, uh... I don't know. Jesse, what were you yammering about that was non Gene <laughs> Buttman related? I I was checking out the airplanes. You know, yep. I like I like to check out their uh I, I like to check out their uh, designs and uh, graphics on there. I noticed an airplane and it was labeled uh the the tail was labeled USA three thousand. 
Yeah, I mean that that definitely sounds like a foreign knockoff airplane. What is that? That yeah. is like that is below. That is like a the dollar store airplane. Like if you you go you get a good airplane at Boeing, mm-hmm. and but if you only got twenty bucks, you hit up USA three thousand in Waco, Texas. Okay, what I want to know on the plane, it's some Alaskan airline. It mm-hmm. might be Alaskan Airlines. Who's the the guy? With the fur hood. That's is this a, a famous Alaskan? Is it just some guy? That's is it, Sarah Palin. Is it Johnny Cash? <laughs> you know the guy. Is Johnny Cash Alaskan? <laughs> no, but the, you he may have that guy might he be may have Cash. sung North to Alaska at some point. <laughs> if you put a fur lined parka on Johnny Cash, he kind of looks like the guy. Oh, I didn't notice that. Well, now that's all but, I'll be able to and, think about when yeah. flying Alaska Air. That guy, huh. that guy is famous. He's a, I, I would say he's probably a, an Inuit guy, famous for his contributions to uh, Alaska Airlines tailfin, and uh, he then used his celebrity to battle fetal alcohol syndrome. <laughs> so I take my hat off to him, which is a big problem in the yeah. Inuit community. Well, here's the thing, though: if he's not famous, if he, if that is just a generic painting of an Inuit man, does that apply to the same like? Um, the same uh, accusations of racism as like the Cleveland Indians logo. No, no, because if you've seen his eyes, he's not Inuit. He's not in. He's got. I mean, part. You know, this sounds. You don't think the Alaska no, Airlines he's, he's guy got, is he's Inuit? Got na- shall we say narrow or okay. eyes? He's he looks he like he, he doesn't like, have an eye corner fold because an Inuit you. will have a, the corner he fold does, in the canthus, eye. Canthus. Wow. Yes. Science thank you. author Mary Roach, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. 20, Twenty-five points, please. Okay. <laughs> Canthus. Uh, Mary, I, I'm sorry if someone told you this was a game show. It is not. This is not. Wait, wait, don't tell me. I apologize. Uh, we I know do. Jesse sometimes tells people that to get them in here, but... Uh, you mean there's no gift pack of turtle wax? No, no. We do have, uh, we do have a washer dryer, though. You don't get to keep it. I just have a washer have dryer. A washer I'm just dry. excited because yeah, I can do laundry at home. About. Um, I'm oh, you looking know at I, him. Can I, can I say a word about laundry? Yes, uh, of course. Yes, you can do your laundry <laughs> uh, here, Jordan. Un, yeah, right. Unlike Jesse, I'm not blessed with a washer dryer in the home. I have a, um, just like out back behind my apartment complex, there's a washer, a communal washer dryer. It's coin operated. Luckily, um, you don't have to do laundry because uh, you just get a free shipment of new promotional clothing every week. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, just, you know, whatever movie I happen to have covered. Oh, I got a sweet uh, Fast and Furious 5 t-shirt that's in Portuguese. And it says, like, it's like Rapido e Furioso 5. <laughs> Wait, well, laundry. What happened to laundry? Oh, laundry, yes. Laundry. I'm sorry. Um... Uh, so uh, your, your host for this evening, Mary Roach, <laughs> <laughs> keeping shit on track since a few minutes ago. Um, I always feel um, a little bit of anxiety, but I've kind of gotten over it. Like if you need to use the dryer, like taking somebody's things out of the dryer, like it's always, you know, I'm like, oh, you know, especially if there's like lady things in there, I always feel a little bit bad about it. But it's something I've gotten over and I, you know. I feel like I've been a laundry doormat for a long time. I've like, well, I'll just do it later, and I wait. But no, I, be, I feel like I've gotten a little bit bold, and I, you know, and it hasn't caused any trouble for me. To be fair, you were in large part a laundry doormat because uh, in the apartment complex that you lived in for four years or so, uh, there was an insane woman who would scream at you about doing your laundry. Sure, yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, who had uh, homemade Barack Obama jewelry <laughs> and whose name was Peaches? His name, her name was Peaches. There's was always like, an insane person in the laundry. <laughs> yeah. Every laundromat has one. Mine uh, on Hate Street was was Shelly. 
Oh, well, what Shelly, was Shelly's deal? Well, Shelly, uh, Shelly would use. She was really into laundry for one was, thing. Well, no, sadly, not very, very into laundry. But she, no, one, one time there was a the there's a communal wastebasket for the lint and other you know the empty small bright boxes. Sure. The single use. Yeah. That which you would throw away, and uh, she was using it as a toilet once. So I, I have a <laughs> oh, traumatic. Oh my! I have a traumatic laundry. Yeah. Laundrette. Association. Yeah. Um, I was Sorry. doing some laundry this afternoon, and I, I, I that the situation happened where, um, you know, there was some wet laundry, someone else's wet laundry in the washing machine, and I needed to use it. So I, I'm like, well, I'll just take it out and put it in the dryer. That's what they would have done, anyways. Uh, and I was taking the things out, and you know, nothing too embarrassing in there. It was you know some shirts and like some cloth napkins, um, but then there was a stuffed horse. <laughs> in the washing machine. Uh, there are no children in my apartment complex, as far as I can tell. Maybe there might be one chained up, and maybe that's whose horse this is. <laughs> but to me, for some reason, moving that fake, moving that stuffed horse out of the washer and into the dryer seems so much more intimate than touching someone's underwear to me. It was weird and creepy, and I had so much anxiety. Like, I had to stand back. And really consider if I was going to move this stuffed horse. Is that just because you were sexually excited or were they unrelated? There was a lot of feelings going on. One right. of them was sexual. A lot of confusion. It's a pretty hot horse. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know why that bothered me so much. It, it seemed creepy that an adult owns and regularly washes a stuffed horse. But also, it well, seemed I like mean, I wasn't supposed to okay, see I that. Have, I have a creepy laundry question. And, I, yes. and, I, and my, my, current, my husband, who was not at the time my husband... Mm-hmm. Really had some second thoughts about being with me. Yeah. When he, I told him this story, and I, I didn't really. And you may, you may feel the sure. same way. I'm going to share this with you. Uh, I used. Don't to, worry. To, it's, it's just us. <laughs> I used to frequent a, a, a laundromat on Russian Hill in San Francisco. This is a you know fairly nice neighborhood. Okay, and on the the floor right outside the laundromat was a rather nice pair of women's panties. Kind of nice, looked like my size. Coming in, and obviously on the way out after having cleaned them, dropped. These them. weren't just like a jockey for no, her were, six pack. No, this they was were a, lovely. They were sure. kind of you know a pale orange with a little bit of a uh, little bit of lace. So and, and for, I thought, for an occasion, maybe. yes, yeah, there was it was occasion underwear maybe. Sure. So um, I I kept them and I <laughs> I picked. I thought some. Hey, I found some nice <laughs> underwear panties sure. and, on the street. Well, but coming obviously coming out of the laundromat, dropped them freshly laundered. I see. I, I just my association was these are clean. They've been fresh. <laughs> Apart from Look. having been on the ground for a bit. Well, yeah, okay, but and having yeah. been on a lady's private but parts then, that wasn't yours. Sure. But then washed and then washed again. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, that- okay. Well. Well. Let me ask you this. I mean, this might affect how I feel about this, and and, and maybe it's embarrassing that I don't know this. But what is a what does a pair of ladies' occasion underwear cost? Like, how much money were you saving by? Okay. Jo- the only situation in Jordan buys something like that is like for his mom <laughs> for Mother's Day. Sure. This was probably between fifteen and. I'd say it was about a $15 pair. It was a nice okay. pair. But you, so you would pick up a $15 bill on the street if you saw it, right? Yeah. If they had them. Yeah, yeah. sure. I mean, yeah. I would be disappointed would. that it was just a screed for marijuana legalization. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I probably okay. would. Or it could be a collector's item. Yeah. You could be looking at a collector's item. Sure. I wonder 
if that's James K. Polk on it. I, I apparently this is the answer to my question, which is sometimes I'll I do a lot of thrift store shopping, and uh, sometimes I'll be at the thrift store. Uh, even one of my favorite thrift stores, it has this chest of drawers, and in these drawers is like suspenders, and uh, uh, you know pocket handkerchiefs. That kind of thing. But then one of the drawers, you open it, and it's socks. Yeah. And just jockey underwear. Just tidy whities. You know, what is? Who is going into this drawer? Who is the person who's like... Mm, Jesse, yeah. here's the thing. Here's the thing that I think you don't know. Yeah. If you go underneath the socks and the jockeys, that's where Dad hides his Playboys. <laughs> so... I think you were duped, my friend. You you played right into Dad's hands. You didn't get to see the Playboys. Um, Mary Roach is our guest on Jordan Jesse Go. We'll be back with more in just a second. Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Uh, Jordan Morris, boy detective. Me, Mary Roach, author tricks. <laughs> yes, author tricks, Mary Roach. Uh, Mary was a guest on The Sound of Young America to talk about her recent book, um, Packing for Mars. Uh, was such a delight uh, that I asked her publicist, if she comes back to Los Angeles, I hope that she'll come be on Jordan, Jesse, go. That's how delightful she is. Delightful. <laughs> um, and her book. Nice. I felt like I should... Pl- That's the kind of behind-the-curtains insider talk that people listen to this podcast for. They wonder how it happens. Yeah. How do podcasts get guests? And it's fascinating. That's how. Yeah. Mary Roach uh, joining us. Uh, you're about to go. You're, you're just in the middle of your book tour, right? I am in my book tour. Your second book, book tour. My second. That's good, though. That's the sign that you're a successful writer when you get a second book tour when the book comes out in paperback. The paperback. Mm. The fact that it just made it to paperback is always good. <laughs> they don't always. Uh, um, when you're on a book tour, where are like where are like your hotbeds? Where do people just go ape shit for you? Like a Powell's? Powell's in Powell's Portland? is always good. In, in your Powell's, case, yes. it's people going apeshit for a unique combination of interesting uh, science information and uh, witticisms. Hmm. Precisely. <laughs> they so, love that at Powell's. Powell's was good. I was in Houston uh, last week. I've never done a, a, an event in, in Houston, so that was interesting. Did, you, did was, you get a good crowd? It was good. Uh, up front, I said, is there anyone here from the Johnson Space Center Public Affairs Office. <laughs> okay, good. Just, no. <laughs> Nobody's here. That's good. Um, I feel like I feel like it, what we would do on this Jordan Jesse go is just ask Mary Roach all of the sex, sex and space questions uh, that we couldn't ask her on the Sound of Young America. Mm-hmm. Uh, except that I did that for like fifteen or twenty minutes after we finished the Sound of Young America interview and uh, put it into the podcast, which I highly recommend people listen to. Uh, our interview with Mary Roach. Um, well, we we could do the chimp sex c- questions. Chimp we did, sex. We didn't do the chimp sex question. Is this we from? Did, are there some lingering chimp sex issues? You feel like you guys didn't get to space chimp sex questions. Wait, this oh, the space did the space chimps have any sexual activity that was recorded? Chimps. Well, there was a rumor, and I traced, I, I tracked this rumor down. Enos, remember Enos the penis? Yeah, yeah. This chi- this was the. I'm not familiar with this <laughs> particular space. I'm familiar with the film Space Chimps. 
feature. Yeah, you did think... see a movie once called Enos the Penis, but it yes, wasn't about have, space. So, so, yeah, these are this, two different yeah. things. So you can see why I'm a little confused. <laughs> yeah, Enos. Enos was the second space chimp, hmm. the one who went up before John Glenn. Mm-hmm. The first one was Ham. Everybody knows Ham. Sure. Ham's the one who was the cover of Life magazine, and you can still to this day buy Life magazines with him on the cover with the little monkey paw print, <laughs> which in fact his handler admitted to me after a while it wasn't Ham because oh. they thought they were going to wear out his his little paw. So it was any it's just any <laughs> monkey. Oh, so it's just a random, random handy non-space, non-remarkable, non yeah. Wait, so what was the what was the Enos the penis rumor. Okay, Enos. Well, there's the. And by the way, you only name something Enos if you're going to eventually call it Enos. <laughs> like, there's no reason. Like, no, what's named Enos? Wasn't the guy. Wasn't there someone on Dukes of Hazard? Oh, I don't know. The, no. The, 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 the character. Chief? He was named Magina. <laughs> <laughs> you just made me snort. <laughs> anyway, Enos the penis. What was okay. the rumors? All right. Well, Enos, his 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 official name was Enos, and then the, but the, there was he was known as Enos the penis, and there were all these books saying that the reason he was called Enos the penis is because he had a, a, a fairly uh, intense masturbation habit, mm. so much <laughs> so that this is one rumor that he had to be. Uh, they had they they should they have called sort of, him Yakov then? I don't know. <laughs> anyway. They, they, they uh, apparently he was, uh, he was, when he orbited the earth, apparently uh-huh. he was supposedly doing it uh, oh, while wow. he was up there. <laughs> and I was, I was, I was, this, I thought this was great because it would be, that would be the first, uh, you know, human-like organ creature that had had sex in space. So there would be yeah. sex in space because people are saying, has anybody had sex in space? And I was like, there we go. But you know what? Like, had sex I bet with like if you're, uh, like if you're a human astronaut and like that first moment where you get to look at Earth and, you know, you get to see the, you know, the, the seas and the Alps all at once, I bet they, I bet they just jack off. Houston? <laughs> <laughs> the world looks so, the world looks so tiny below me. <laughs> I'm so fucking hard right now. <laughs> they should have sent a poet, because I'm just going to jack off. <laughs> Overwhelmed by my power. <laughs> Scientific and sexual. Over. <laughs> if, <laughs> if, I, if I lead my head correctly, it looks like my dick is bigger than the world. <laughs> May I, may I interject a scientific, a sober scientific fact here? Of Please course. Do. Okay. Uh, there's been some discussion as to whether being weightless makes erections harder or softer. Mm. Uh-huh. I have the scientific answer. Let's what is it? Uh, it has to do with, you know, your blood, you got more blood on the upper half of the body. And the dividing line is right at the sort of right around the navel. Mm-hmm. So everything below that has less fluid to work with. So it's so you, you less activity. Softer, softer erections. Yep. See, this is the kind of important information that they didn't tell me on Nova Science Now with Neil deGrasse Tyson, how smart are animals. So there's probably less space sex and more space cuddling then. Yes, yes, there would be cuddling in in the little sleeping sack that they attach to the wall. (laughs) Little sleeping sack. (laughs) They have to go, they have to bring everything into the special airplane, Jordan. Uh, because otherwise uh, they don't know whether it will work in zero gravity and uh, what's a good place to put some Velcro on it so it doesn't just float around and hit people in the face. Sure. You can be woken up by your own M&Ms. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hitting you. you the hitting face. you in the face. Or your own hand hitting you in the face. 
yeah. in the face. Um, I, I'm glad. I'm glad the subject of of uh, companion animals was brought up because something I I was responding to an advertisement on Craigslist. Uh, I was looking for a masturbating chimpanzee. <laughs> no, I was looking for uh, some bar stools. Sure. And I went to this house, and it was sort of like the... It was sort of a back house. It was like a little bungalow um, off the street a little bit. And it had a front porch, uh, a sort of small front porch with side stairs. And I went up the side stairs, and I nearly hit my head on what at first I thought was a clothesline. Um, but then I was like, that's not a clothesline. A clothesline would be covered in vinyl and it would be bigger. It was sort of like, a, uh, it, it was just sort of a, th- a thin cable that was running from about six feet off the ground, right, right to the left of the front door of this house down to uh, a building that was maybe 12 feet away. And I'm trying to figure out what is this weird thing. And then I'm looking at it and I notice that there's a carabiner attached to it. And uh, there is just another cable hanging down off of it. And I'm thinking like, is this the best I can think of is maybe it's some kind of like a, like a shortwave antenna or something like that. Like it's uh, uh, it, it's for zipline it, yeah, or some kind of zipline. Like I'm trying to figure out what is going on here because it's not, it's not thick enough to support a zip. It's not thick enough for any zipping. It's, it doesn't really, it's not really screwed into the wall well enough to actually do anything. Like, it couldn't support anything. I'm trying to figure out, what is this fucking thing? So I ring the doorbell. Uh, the guy comes out. He's really nice. Uh, he's got these bar stools. The bar stools look great. They're going to be perfect for our kitchen counter. Um, and while I'm, getting, while I'm about to pay him, this elderly cat sort of f- flomps out onto the patio. And I'm like, oh, what a sweet elderly cat. And the man uh, reaches down, uh, grabs the, grabs the uh, cable that was lying down on the ground, uh, clips that to a carabiner, and then clips that to the cat's uh, collar. It was like some kind of oh, it's a cat crazy run. cat run. Wow. <laughs> so this cat is like walking out. The cat doesn't leave the ground no oh, okay that's well that sounds funnier he should do that but it, but, but, but it is essentially a zip line but, only without leaving the ground and it's for a cat is it to, because he can't walk it was because the guy had seen a lot of coyotes in the neighborhood recently mm. and he he knew his cat was old and couldn't get away from a coyote so this is presuming the coyote can't get over the fence into the yard because otherwise that would just sort of hold the cat steady for the coyote's eating yeah, pleasure. Yeah, I know. It would, it, would, uh, it would reduce by one dimension uh, the number of directions the cat could run from the coyote. <laughs> Back and forth only. Yeah, up and down that string. Anyway, I thought that was just such a marvelous example of human ingenuity yeah. and also kind of weird and sad. I, I wonder if it was just to help him be upright. Like, like Jordan. <laughs> yeah, say. no, I think maybe it was it's, a mobility sure. aid, like a support. Yeah, if he had been, I would buy that if he had been wearing one of those like harnesses, like you take a bunny for a walk. Hmm. You know what mm, I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, right over the chest. Yeah, yeah, right. One of those bunny mm, for right. a walk Just type by the situations. Neck would be uncomfortable. Right. Oh, yeah. Jordan, hmm. on the subject of animals, um, and specifically bunnies. Mm-hmm. I should explain to Mary. Sometimes I, I, my wife uh, for um, Christmas every year uh, buys me a calendar featuring some of my favorite uh, animals. My favorite animal, of course, is bunny rabbits. 
Uh, I think they're the, probably the cutest animal. Um, I used to have a bunny rabbit named Miss Bunny when I was a little kid. Anyway, uh, every year my wife buys me one of these calendars, and uh, every year, every month on the first of the month, we have what's called in our household New Bunny Day, uh, <laughs> which is where uh, I close my eyes and my wife turns the page of the calendar, and then I get to see what the new bunny is. Anyway, Jordan. Yeah, and so, I, so you think the cat harness is weird and sad. The cat harness. So this, That's so the weird, thing of it but is, this bunny. It's great. Eye I mean, covering peekaboo. It's like a little adults. holiday. It's like getting your own holiday. But a cat on a harness. That's weird and sad. Okay. I, All right. I, sure. I, I, I understand. Every, I understand. Anyway. Calendar. That, yeah. Look, no. it's number one. I'll, I'll just say this, Jordan. Maybe it was sad when it was just bunnies, uh, but this year it's bunnies and their baby animal friends. So. <laughs> this month, I just want to tell Mary what, what it was this month. It's so adorable. No, don't, um, you don't have to listen to it. Okay. Last, the April bunny. I'm going to start with the April bunny. April bunny should be good. It, it's Easter. You know, it, was, it was like a tan you bunny. It has to be good. It was a little I, tan bunny. This is ridiculous. You have some sort of brain disease. The fact and that you like this. Next, next to the tan <laughs> bunny was a duckling, Mary. Worst. And they matched because they were both oh, golden colored. Oh. oh, but this but this month's bunny, in honor of May. Oh, my gosh. Just imagine this. It is. I weep sp- for your future child. I okay, he's, he he might as well be in some sort of weird orphanage. It like, is. This is so bizarre. It is a snow you, white bunny, just as fresh I am gonna and call pure. Social services as, as soon driven as that snow. baby is born, because you and are unhealthy. With this it is just imagine bizarre. the whitest little kitty you've ever <sighs> seen in your entire Do life. Do you remember those? Those maybe they don't have. You guys are young, but there used to be these Easter. You don't have to humor him, Mary. You don't have to humor him. Those sugar sugar eggs, and you would look. You put your little child eye up to the little orifice, and then and inside would be the little tiny bunny scene. Oh, oh. that is so sweet. Going on here? Why is this this like a? Did you guys look? Because I was a little late. Did you plan something that would upset me? I was a little late, so you guys conspired something. These look as sweet. That would make me want to put a gun in. My sugar spun mouth for Easter and pull the trigger. Oh, I long for the sweet taste of gunmetal. Anyway, it was a great new bunny day. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Mary Roach, author of Tricks. Author of uh, Packing for Mars, about uh, the space program. Lots of cool stuff about space sex in there. Uh, Just space food, astronaut ice cream, the whole nine yards. Uh, Basically everything you need to know about that information. I I like, Mary, I'm going to tell you, I like uh, that your book is, uh, that your books um, are actual books and also about things like chimpanzees masturbating in space. Like, the combination of those two things is really... Because usually it would just be like... It, it would just be a point-of-sale impulse buy type situation. <laughs> Twelve chimpanzees yeah. that have right. masturbated in space. Something you buy at Urban Outfitters. The ca- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The yeah. masturbating chimpanzee calendar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, so you're covering the important issues, including important issues like... Masturbating chimpanzees. Exactly. 
Um, oh, speaking of important issues. Yes. I think we, we've talked a fair amount about Werner Herzog on this program. We have. Um, we've talked about the time he did, did an interview and got shot in the middle and didn't want to stop. Uh, we've talked about the time that he had a bet with Errol Morris uh, that if Errol Morris put out a feature film, he would eat his hat. Shoe. His shoe. Shoe. Mm-hmm. And he did. Um, we've talked about, uh, we've talked a lot of, a lot of great Werner Herzog stuff. Of course, we've talked, we've talked, uh, Port of Call, what's that called? Bad, Bad, Bad Lieutenant, Lieutenant Port, Port of, of Call, New, New Orleans. Orleans, pretty much to death. Um, I met Werner Herzog this week. Pretty good. Um, it Love was, him. it was so wonderful. It was so exciting to get to hear that ridiculous voice coming out of a real person do, saying do things. Do Germans listen to him and go, wow, that's a ridiculous voice? Like, or does that, is so, that just what well, guys sound it, like? It's not, just his, it's not just his accent, though. Mm-hmm. I think it's his combination of uh, sort of poetic vision, grandiloquence, accent, and good humor. And a little bit of nuts. And a little bit yeah. of craziness. I, it's funny because I watched his uh, his new movie, which is called uh, The Cave of Forgotten Dreams. And it's a 3D documentary about the oldest cave paintings in the world. Yeah. And I I say this right now, right here, to every Jordan Jesse Go listener, go see it now in 3D. It's fucking amazing. It's so amazing. You want to see it in 3D because the 3D is so enhances it. The, the stuff is, did you, have you already seen it? No, it's, I heard him. I heard him on Terry Gross. She, she was calling him Werner. Yeah, oh. she did. Come on, I noticed Werner? that she called him Werner. I know you're American, but can't can't you say? <laughs> yeah, Werner? well, I mean, you'd think that Werner? being in public radio, she would relish in the chance to like over pronounce a foreign name. It is <laughs> yeah, like here's where I shine. It made me think that maybe he prefers Werner because she's got producers that check on that kind of thing. Anyway, uh, I, don't, I think I don't she's to the point now where she just says, fuck it, to producer. Does she, she does what she wants to. Does she say, come to der Wiener Schnitzel? No, it's yeah. Wiener, Wiener Schnitzel. Yeah. I would even, Call you can even add Wiener a Schnitzel. dare in front of there. Der Wiener Schnitzel. Der if Wiener you want, Schnitzel. I think, you know. it, it, it is technically dare. Yeah. It? yeah. They, they, won't, they won't correct you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but one of the things about this movie is it's, it's in this cave of uh, of these cave paintings that are literally... The thing that blew my mind was uh, the point that I read in, in something about this cave, that uh, it has been, since the dawn of recorded history, you know, a few thousand years, it's been a, a couple of hundred generations of human beings, uh, the 300 or something like that. And uh, this is a couple of thousand generations before that. So these are human beings, but on a scale that we cannot even manage to comprehend. And these things are so beautiful. But, okay, and what I don't understand, and I listened to the Terry Gross, yeah. what is in, is what does the 3D do? These are paintings on a wall. They're so not on, it, see, the thing is, is cave walls are not two-dimensional. So they're not, it's not like the, it's not like a painting on the, it's not like a fresco on the, on the mm. uh, roof of the Sistine Chapel or whatever. It's, the cave walls are, very angular and jutting and the the actual paintings are painted so essentially that the shapes of the walls are part of the composition of the painting um which i didn't expect but it's amazing and also just caves are really cool to look at in 3d and he narrates it too right and that's what it is is his voice like he makes these crazy claims and as he put it when i interviewed him he, he said that he prefers not to be 
He he prefers not to uh, present an accountant's version of the truth, but rather a poet's version of the truth. And <laughs> um, and his he is able to sell that, including the epilogue that features some albino alligators um, and speculation about whether these radioactive albino alligators could escape and what in tens of thousands of years when they've escaped and developed cognition or something, what <laughs> they would think of these cave paintings. Um, all of that is sold by Werner Herzog, 10 out of 10. I would buy it from Werner Herzog seven days a week and twice on Sunday. Uh, and I cannot imagine, not even like Patrick Stewart or Sir Ian McKellen or something, could intone those ridiculous things that Werner Herzog is saying and me just accept them so enthusiastically and wholeheartedly uh, in any, uh, from any other person, any other person. I don't I, care I if it's Frasier from the show Frasier. <laughs> I feel like they should start casting him in like narrative films as things, like just little parts. Yeah, like, you know? yeah. like, like the way they started throwing Ricky Jay into things. Yeah, yes. sure. Yeah. When like yeah, Kevin exactly. Smith turns it up and up in something, just but like a good yeah, version. Just because people just love him, they just want to <laughs> throw him in a movie. See, yeah. he should be in more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and Werner Herzog also is coincidentally the only other person in the world who can kill a man with a thrown playing card. So um, <laughs> they both have that. But speaking. Speaking of speaking but of, you met, uh, you met him. Well, I met him. He's he, he, I interviewed him for the Sound of Young America. I had to go to his uh, hotel suite uh, and interview him. Our interview got cut uh, without explanation uh, from forty five minutes to twenty minutes. <laughs> um, so you will be hearing it in its entirety on the Sound of Young America, <laughs> including when someone asked you to stop. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah. Exactly. No. That's such a weird. Like the one. The main. The biggest reason that I hate going somewhere to do an interview for the Sound of Young America. Which you know the equipment is a hassle, and that going somewhere is a hassle, and it's it's less comfortable for me to do it on someone else's territory in a random hotel. But the real reason is the publicist will just open the door in the middle of the interview and be like, "We got two minutes left," and like, you know, this isn't a print interview, right? <laughs> like, you know, these are live microphones <laughs> yeah. recording our. But anyway. Um, oh, it was totally did, uh, amazing. He did. He was, They did an interview with him in GQ recently, and it's just kind of this little throwaway fact. But the uh, writer said he insisted on doing the interview uh, inside the Museum of Jurassic Technology. Oh, cool. Yeah. God bless yeah. him. I was. I if I had I had time, I wanted to ask him whether he knew about the Ju- Museum of Jurassic he ins- Technology. He apparently insists on doing magazine interviews there. Oh, God bless him. There's a tea room there now. Yeah, yeah. This is the best thing in Los Angeles for those of you out there who are listening cool. and might come and visit Los Angeles. But Jordan, you also met an eminent director yeah, recently. Yeah, um, and I. It's uh, not not a particularly interesting subject, but I feel like we we talked it to death the other day, so I should at least we should at least offer an epilogue a little bit. Uh, Mary, we were talking about the movie Thor and how weird it is that Kenneth Branagh is directing it. You know, the yeah. director of Much Ado About Nothing. I, I, sure. Yeah. Four Hour Hamlet. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I got to see an advanced screening of Thor in order to work at the press junket of it, and uh, it's pretty good. It is pretty good, and the who, wait, and, who plays Thor? Uh, the Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth Branagh. Yes, he, Denzel, really? Yes. Interestingly, Denzel Washington. Yeah, <laughs> from Much Ado About Nothing. Um, a, this guy named Chris Hemsworth, and I don't really know much about his credits. Uh, before playing Thor, I think. Oh, you know, maybe his thing was. I think he was in that Star Trek reboot as something. Oh. Anyway, um, <laughs> but he is great, and the movie is pretty good. The Thor is pretty good, and and the action stuff works. It doesn't seem like Kenneth Branagh doesn't know how to do crazy CGI action battles. They're pretty good. And uh, the funny stuff is funny. 
And that was the weirdest Wait, part to me. Wait, there's funny stuff in I Thor? I can't even think of the plot line of Thor. Thor is the god of, doesn't he throw thunderbolts yeah, down from somewhere? Yeah, and here's the thing, is they've had to kind of alter the comic book plot of Thor for, I think they didn't want to suggest that, um, you know, Roman gods are real, because maybe the, you know, same people who burn Harry Potter books would come out against Thor. Um, so, so in this version, he is an alien, and they've kind of alluded to the fact that his race came to Earth, and that's who the Norsemen worshipped. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, but anyway, so he comes to Earth, and uh, they banish him to Earth, and they get rid of his powers for kind of the middle chunk of the movie. So the middle chunk of the movie, there's a fair amount of fish-out-of-water humor. Sort of like Star Trek Four. Yeah, sure. Sort of like Star Trek Four uh, when when uh, Chekhov talks to the computer. <laughs> There's a lot of that, and you know what? It's actually pretty funny. It's pretty hello funny. computer. <laughs> it's pretty funny and charming, uh, and the action stuff works. And uh, and I got to talk to Kenneth Branagh at the junket, and he was really nice and had a good sense of humor. Oh, that's great. and I got to tell him about this memory that I kind of even forgot I had before I went in there about um, when I was in high school. I was you know. Uh, I I was a drama kid and super like super into it. You kind of look like you could be his cuter little nephew. Oh, <laughs> Kenneth Branagh. You, yeah, that would be fun. I would like to be Kenneth Branagh. I was thinking nephew. Denzel Washington, but <laughs> I think much we're to do both about on the same. Yeah. Uh, and I got before the cameras turn on. I'm like, oh hey, uh, I just remembered this when I was uh, super into drama class in high school. Uh, I think after like homecoming dance one year. We all went in our tuxes and formal wear to see a midnight version of his four-hour Hamlet to just feel like <laughs> fucking big shots. Anyways, super magical memory that I just like, and he yeah, it's, he seemed to he seemed to appreciate that. So uh, way to go, Kenneth Branagh. Way to go, Thor movie. Well, that's great. I'm happy to hear that it's good. That's that's something that I mean. Look, I, I I'll I'll put it this way. I'm not a big fan of the Star Trek. Sure. I don't really care about the Star Trek. I'm sure there's fans of the Star Trek out there. Um, <laughs> Despite tar- talking about Star Trek 4 basically every other podcast. But I do love Star Trek 4. Sure. Uh, and uh, I, so I'm not against uh, taking a beloved nerd thing and then turning it into a fish-out-of-water comedy. A thought about beloved nerd thing. This yes. was kind of a weird thing, and I maybe. No one actually loves Thor. Yeah, that's... Uh, okay, well, here, <laughs> yes, that is an issue. Uh, but I, I, never, think people, I never knew Thor was a comic. I never knew it was a comic. Really? Yeah, yeah. He's, no, in, the, he he's just... in the Avengers, right? Isn't he well, in the Avengers? here's the thing. Is no, that there the, are, the original Avengers? Yeah, he was one of the, one he was of the, one of the original Avengers. But here's the thing. When they're, they're trying to assemble this Avengers movie... Wait, Diana Rigg and, and Dude with Bowler? That no, Avengers? not that oh, Avengers. No, no, the okay, comic sorry. book Avengers. The Marvel super team. They already made a movie of that. Captain America I'll go stand outside the door till you're done with this. Particular, well, you know, actually, this 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 little misunderstanding kind of kind of uh, uh, sets up this weird moment that I had. Um, uh, hard to find people to talk to at these press junkets who aren't totally obnoxious. So you know, I feel like so I these kinda, are entertainment pseudo journalists. Yes, yeah, and bad people for the most part. Uh, and so I really like glom on to the people that I found I like. And there's this guy from the website FearNet who's just this kind of nice nerdy guy, and we get along real well, and we can kind of sit together and gab before we have our interview turns. Uh, and I was talking to him. We were talking about Thor and the kind of the ways that they're setting up this Avengers movie. And we were talking about, oh, did you see this? This is probably this. Um, and there was this kind of girl sitting behind us from MTV who is, you know, very much the, uh, uh, what you would think a entertainment reporter girl would be. She's very cute, you know, very hiply dressed, bubbly, nice. Uh, 
And she says, she just kind of chimes into this conversation. She's like, hey, when they mentioned uh, gamma radiation in the movie, were they talking about Green Lantern? Uh, my nerd buddy I was talking to whipped around immediately and told her, no, they were talking about the Hulk. Green Lantern is from the DC universe. So he sh- this girl who's just kind of trying to nicely join yeah, right. the conversation, he shuts her down. Now, in the real world, who's the jerk in that situation? <laughs> my friend. He's the jerk in that situation. That's a shitty thing to do. But she was so embarrassed that she started to... Uh, frantically rattle off her nerd credentials. She's like, no, I mean, I just never read Thor as a kid, so I don't know. Um, but and, and then like, and we tried to return to the conversation, but she would always chime in with like, I play Guitar Hero, or and like, I played a lot of video games as a kid, or I mainly read the X Men comics. Like, she was so, she felt so embarrassed that she got this nerd thing wrong that she felt the need to kind of rudely badger us so that we would think that she was. A nerd, and it's weird because there's this kind of new character in media these days, I feel like. Maybe not new, but it's more of a thing, is the kind of girl tomboy, but for nerd stuff. Uh, And I feel like that's what every kind of female personality wants to be. You know, they want to be the girl who can drink a beer and play video games with you and can talk Star Wars. But as a guy who likes that stuff... Like, I don't fucking care. Like, I've never wanted my girlfriends to be in the nerd space with me. I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's, I agree. No, But, it's, but it's, if they're there naturally. They're not yeah, no, no, absolutely. Right. I mean, yeah. and, and I've absolutely appreciated when I've had girlfriends and we can, like, bond. We do have a right. similar interest, but it's not, like, I don't need that desperate attempt to kind of, you know, What's, anyway. I think there are people, I, I think there are dudes whose world is so wrapped up in that sure that there aren't other outside influences and that has been become i think in the age of the internet that has become sort of self-reinforcing yeah yeah in that sure. there you don't you don't get beat up every day right you just get beat up every day for a while and then you just get in this then, but fun then you could food be feedback the loop. king of a message board yeah exactly <laughs> and look as the king of a couple of message boards, I'm not putting this down. <laughs> sure, but um, I I think that that just that just kind of panders to that thing. Yeah, and I think it's more, frankly, it's more of a sad uh, commentary on uh, it's more of a sad commentary on the dudes uh, sure. than it is on the ladies. I mean. Honestly, like, there's all this controversy. I think an example of this kind of person might be Olivia Munn. Yeah. Whether Olivia Munn from The Daily Show is... She's the top one of this thing. And, like, there's all this kind of, like, is she a real geek or is she just pandering or whatever? Like, who gives a shit? Does... Is... Is uh, Chuck Woolery really into relationships? Like, (laughs) she's a television host, you know? Her job is to be fun and uh, be knowledgeable enough about something to... She's supposed to be a geek, Olivia Munn? Yeah, she's supposed to be a geek. Yeah, she got her start on G4, Uh, commentating uh, about video games and uh, the like. Uh, And yeah, and I think her... But that's why she got famous, because she is that kind of nerd tomboy... Uh, but her her credentials are often called into question. But I know exactly the the part that I know what you mean about is the part where 
It's the same thing as that uh, that sexy race car driver whose name I can't think Danica. of. Danica. Danica Patrick. Danica Patrick. It's sort of like... Oh, man. Okay. Hold on. Fucking Danica Patrick. There's one of those GoDaddy ads with yeah, Danica yeah. Patrick that are supposed to be super, so sexy, and they tell you to like go online to see the whole thing. And there's this one where she's stopped by a cop. She's stopped by a sexy lady cop, and Danica Patrick says to the cop... You look like you could be a GoDaddy girl. And the lady cop says, you know, like, I've always wanted to. Let's roll. And she grabs her lady cop blouse. I don't know. <laughs> and she rips it open in this sexy way. And there's like this music sting. But she's just wearing a full sleeve T-shirt underneath <laughs> it. Like, wow. Vavoom. I don't know. You think there would be like a lacy bra or a bikini top on it with the way that she rips. But it's just this T-shirt. I don't know. And it's like... Why did that happen? Anyway. I have a Danica Patrick footnote in, oh, one, of yeah. my, in one of my books. Please. Really? I can't remember which book. <laughs> but, but it's, uh, the sex one, the space one, or the death one? I can't. I can't. Let me see if I can. She, uh, she was being interviewed somewhere about... Oh, I think it's the space one because it was... She was talking about how if you're in, if you're in a race uh, you know, you, and you've got to go to the bathroom, you just... Go, but oh, they, okay. but they don't. Unlike the astronauts, they don't wear the adult pull-up diapers. Mm-hmm. So you just, I mean, some of them do, some of them don't. But she, she, and she described how difficult it had been for her, and she was thinking to herself, "Just do it." And then I thought, "Yeah, no Nike sponsorship <laughs> for you." <laughs> Maybe that's the Just maybe that's the it. extended GoDaddy ad you see if you uh, <laughs> go on the internet. The f- oh, female yeah. cop says, "Let's roll," but the Danica Patrick says, uh, "I have to change my pants first because they're full of shit." The uh, original Sound of Young America co-host Matt Dobbs, the guy who hosted the Sound of Young America with me for the first week that the Sound of Young America existed before his class schedule changed and we brought Jordan on. Uh, he at, at at home, his father ran an import export business, and so Matt was always annoyed because he had to answer the phone at his house like Dobbs import export, um, and then like put someone on hold if it was someone for Mister Dobbs, which is what Mister Dobbs liked to be called. And uh, it started out like importing like Central American stuff, like pan flutes or something, uh, but then uh, inexplicably. Uh, this was in the age, the early age of the internet when things were very flexible. Hmm. Uh, he started selling a product called the Sneak a Leak. <laughs> that was some sort of penis bag. Oh, like yeah. like the astronauts. Yeah, yeah like yeah, the astronauts yeah. use yeah. for like truck drivers or something yes. like that. And so, condom attachment, a little tubing, and a little yeah, yeah. And yeah, so right. poor poor Sneak Matt Dobbs, poor Matt Dobbs <laughs> at, at home is like a seventeen year old would have to answer the phone like. Uh, hello, you know, Dobbs Import Exports, and then... Home uh, of the Sneak-A-Leak. <laughs> yeah, home of the Sneak-A-Leak when a girl called or whatever. Anyway, I guess what I'm saying about the girl-boy thing... Sure. ...is that it's sort of like, look, I I think that it's awesome if a lady is into a traditionally dude thing. Sure. You know, look, I'm into outfits. I'm, <laughs> I do some sewing from time to time. Um, but there's something sad about, there's something, there's something a little bit below that, that's about like, um, that's about, it's sort of like according to Jim or something, it's sort of like, yeah, finally someone who gets me for who I am, someone who hates women. Yeah. (laughs) Finally a woman who hates women too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and there is that thing is like, if you, if you had to 
these 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 women who want to be these nerd tomboys, like the fact that they've had to bone up, you know, that they've had to like kind of artificially acquire all of this knowledge, like really it's like in your heart of hearts you think this is dumb. Because yeah. it's sad. It's like the scene in Isn't It Diner where he Barry Levinson makes no, no, who's it he, some one of the characters makes the girlfriend remember all the baseball statistics yeah. in order to get married and it's sure. It's, it's sad. Yes, yeah. and and I think yes, and I think in this in this um in this situation the baseball statistics are replaced with um uh, facts about Zelda continuity. <laughs> and Branching paths, alternate histories. In in my marriage, the baseball statistics are replaced with uh baseball statistics. Sure. Um we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. La 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 it's Short and Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Mary Roach, author of Packing for Mars. That's not even really a nickname. That's just a plug for your book. Oh, no. Well, I said author of tricks. I thought the tricks thing was wearing thin. That's true, but I mean, no, no, no. let's be honest. Here's like, the, this is the Jordan Jesse Go philosophy mm. on comedy. Just keep doing it. Yeah. This is Mary Roach, author of tricks. Yay! (laughs) We're delighted. Mary, (laughs) I've been saying Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart, against my better judgment for more than 10 years now, Um, since I was 19 years old. So uh, your third time out with (laughs) author of tricks is nothing. Okay. So here on Jordan Jesse Go, we have a little uh, jumbotron style sponsorship system. Uh, hundred bucks for a personal message, two hundred bucks for a commercial message, and we will share it with our audience of thousands. Um, here's what we've got this week: uh, a listener named Greg Galchik, uh, who is uh, known online as Spin with two N's. That mm-hmm. is his pen name, his nom de plume de internet, um, and. Uh, <laughs> He has a um, uh, he has a website uh, uh, a web comic specifically called Scribs, uh, which is online at scribs.us, a popular web comic. Uh, he wants everyone to know that at, as of right now, it's on hiatus. Hmm. So that's always the best time to so focus you your marketing. In, well, you efforts. can get in there and catch up now no, for the new people. I think that's that's the the strategic reason for this publicity blitz that we're a part of exactly um he says that at one point uh he ran a website called dysfunctional family circus uh that got him bill Keen's home telephone number mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's also the web he's also the uh he's also the webmaster of abevagoda.com oh, um yeah. so he's really on top of basically all of your major internet phenomena mm. abe's still going right I, I don't know. So. You yeah. have to check. Yeah. You have to log yeah. into AbeVagoda.com Abe to find out. Um, yes, he's alive. Uh, that's all <laughs> AbeVagoda.com is, by the way. It's a status thing that says whether he's alive or dead. <laughs> um, anyway, so is Scribs? Is this is this a play on it on Scrubs? It sounds like sort of a combination of medical student and writer. Oh yeah, Scribs. Um, uh, it's some it's some of these little guys, different web comics guys, short sleeve guys, that kind of thing. I'm looking at the website right now. Short sleeve guys. Yeah, you know these yeah, type yeah. of guys wear these short sleeve dress yeah. shirts. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. You wrote that space book. Yeah, I know. 
Um, anyway, it's online at scribs.us. I hope that you will visit it, check out the webcomic. I know there are a lot of webcomic fans out there. Uh, I know because I met several of them. I did uh, our friend David Malky, uh, the creator of Wondermark, which you can also find in the uh, AV Club these days, um, uh, invited me to do a live reading at his book party uh, here in Los Angeles. I did a book party. I met several Jordan Jesse Go fans there. Um, and I was also gratified that there is a crowd uh, nerdier than at a Jordan Jesse Go show. <laughs> at a webcomics reading. <laughs> yeah, at a webcomics reading. Um, also, uh, here is a personal message. Uh, Courtney offering congratulations for her husband, Whit, who is on his last final and gets his law degree from Wake Forest University School of Law on the 15th, uh, our congratulations and condolences um, to Whit, uh, who has made probably the worst mistake of his life. But he made it four years ago, and he's, he's stuck through. And, uh, you know, from personal experience, I can say, great. You know, in six months, hopefully you'll be able to go work for your spouse. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Probably Whit actually will like being a lawyer, and uh, he actually has a job apparently, uh, which is very rare for a gra- someone graduating law school the last year or two. Um, and uh, so the message she asked me to deliver to Wit specifically was, keep it up, Wit. So keep it up, Wit. Good work. Uh, if you want to have a message on Jordan, Jesse, go, or any of our podcasts, stop pod- podcasting yourself, uh, my brother, my brother, and me, just email Teresa, T-H-E-R-E-S-A, at MaximumFun.org. It's fun and affordable. Sure. Jordan Jesse Go, I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, Boy Detective. Mary Roach, Author of Tricks. See, still fun. Yeah, said with commitment, it can still be fun. Um, I'm, I haven't gotten an email that says you're not actually America's radio sweetheart in a long time. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah, that should be do, nice. Do people yeah. nominate someone other than you? Usually Ira Glass, and then I'm usually forced to agree with them. Because hmm. Ira Glass is great. I mean, he's much more talented and skilled than I am. There's no doubt about that. But that's fine. There's room for but Ira Glass and me. He's not a sweetheart. I don't know. You Tell are that a to, sweetheart. It's cold. Tell that Cold to the ladies removed. of Removed. tell that to the ladies of Williamsburg, the, <laughs> the square glass, the square eyeglass yeah. ladies of uh, Williamsburg. He's it's, graying very well too. I've noticed. Yeah, he's a handsome man. I've, um, I've never seen a picture of Byron Glass. Yeah, well, he's going a little gray, and it suits him. No, he's a winner. There's no doubt about that. Look, when sure. somebody sends me that email, I just have to send him back an email. Yes, only when I say it, it's a joke. That's mm-hmm. my only thing I can say in response to that. Um, Speaking of graying, by the way, Jordan, last yes. week on Jordan Jesse Go, we talked about uh, the fact that uh, last week was my uh, 30th birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife is going to birth a child. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a backyard sure, uh, with a grill, uh, a gas grill. Mm-hmm. Um, several dogs. We have several dogs. I have essentially, uh, I have fully transitioned into adult life mm-hmm. at the age of 30. Sure. <laughs> And so we we talked a little bit about uh, about how it's odd that because I spent all of my twenties uh, building a podcast and building a minor media empire, 
um, I feel embarrassed that I never did anything that I sh- should look back on with regret and laugh about uh, because I was just busy podcasting the whole time. Um, and so we asked, uh, we asked listeners for their thoughts and advice uh, as an action item. Uh, Brian, the former intern, is screening our calls this month, a special guest call screener. Uh, Brian Fernandez. Thanks to Brian. So, uh, wouldn't that be cool if we had a celebrity guest call screener who like didn't <laughs> like, but was like, like, like super famous? Can we just claim that from here on out? He's call, yeah. This week's celebrity, this week's uh, celebrity uh, guest call screener, John Ratzenberger. Sure, Cliff from Cheers. <laughs> um, okay, let's see. Let's see what these telephone calls are. Hey, Jordan Jesse, I'm calling in response to. Um, Jesse, it seems like you're considering having a midlife crisis. Uh, I'm going to say don't. I'm going to say you're probably one of the most well-grounded people that I've ever ever heard of. And um, go on and be a dad, man. I think that's fantastic. And I think you're going to make a great father. In fact, I wish you were my father. And Jordan Aww. could be my brother. And uh, we could go play ball or something. <laughs> okay. Anyway, and uh, Jordan, to you, I think you're not fucking up girls. I think that's your problem, man. I think you need to get out there and play ball. All right, then. Goodbye. We didn't ask what Jordan's problem was, number we, one. Uh, we Actually, I did pose in my last year of 20s what I should do. Oh. You but, should fuck more girls? They don't know much yeah, about you. don't your... know how many girls I fucked, dude. You're probably yeah, right. You're, yeah, I probably <laughs> should. You're right. I'm, sup- I'm insulted that you made that, made that snap judgment. Jordan, did you hear this week's Jordan Jesse go? I mean, uh, Judge John Hodgman that was all about Mega Man X. No, you know I uh, I haven't listened to a Judge John Hodgman. I'm uh, sorry. Armored Armadillo came mm. up a lot. Oh sure. I thought that's something you could talk about in the future on Jordan Jesse Go. <laughs> yeah, Armored I mean, Armadillo. I do have some thoughts about the Mega Man X franchise. What are your thoughts about the Mega Man X franchise? It's really fun. Is it? Yeah, it's totally fun. The way they described it on Judge John Hodgman, it sounded like it was one of those things where you have to do this, you have to do each thing in order, and you, th- there's no clues. You just have to randomly do stuff until something works. Yeah, I and mean, that's kind of the that's kind of the the world of Mega Man bosses is that you can beat them with your normal weapons, but there are other weapons you get throughout the game that make it easier. So if you do it in order. You can kill the bosses really easily. I'm sorry. I'm with video game celebrity Morgan Webb, who was our special guest on this <laughs> one. She said it was bullshit. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, she said the Mega Man X games are kind of bullshit. So I'm with her. Well, fine. Sorry. What are you, what's your position on this? <laughs> Mary Roach, Mega Man X. <laughs> it takes place in an alternate timeline. Okay, so I'm, gonna go, I'm just going to rewind the tape just a little bit, Jordan. I have a question for you. Not that I'm skipping sure. Mega Man X, because I have a lot to say yeah. about Mega Man X. Yeah. A lot. A uh, question for you. So, okay, now that that nerddom is 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 hip. I mean, yeah, you've got sure. Seth Rogen and Zach Galifianakis, and I mean, huge, huge sure. male kind of nerd sex symbols. Is it a lot easier for the nerd to get laid? I mean, is it now? I mean, has this is this in a sea change? Yeah, as they no, say? is. Well, Jordan is. I mean, sexual catnip. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I give Jordan. off a certain musk, and I don't know if that's just because... Of the Cheeto dust, or... <laughs> yeah, or, you know, I, I can't say the fact that I um, play a lot of Mortal Kombat has anything to do with that musk. Right. Um, maybe the musk would be stronger if I didn't. Uh-huh. Uh, or maybe it would be weaker. I don't know. But I, all I know is that I'm just going to keep excreting it, and it's hard <laughs> to analyze. It's hard to separate uh, out why. which is that, which is the sort of Seth Rogen runover. And which is just what you would guess we right. get because of your natural musk. Sure. 
Uh, I might seriously say I think that I do not think the fact that that there are nerd celebrities is changing the kinds of men that women are attracted to. I don't really, really? think so. Huh. Yeah, I think that the women who are going to be attracted to nerds probably would be if, you know, mm. Seth Rogen had never become famous. And I think that the, even, you know, the women who would be attracted to, you know, well put together, handsome men will probably still be attracted to them even though they really, really enjoy I, Knocked I, I Up. I would guess they've got a certain cachet now. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I yeah. don't think I, it would I think turned it... things upside down for a lot of the population. Yeah. I don't think... I, I, not, think, I don't think Mary there's... Roach is hitting on you, Jordan. <laughs> I've got to do what I usually do and pretend to fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's let's take another uh, let's take another telephone call here. Hi, oh, yes, this is for the action item of what Jesse needs to do before he's a father. Okay, now Jesse has built an empire out of nothing, and he is like a spectacular dresser. Some would argue that I had some talent. <laughs> no, no, just not pure. The, this the, is a big bang situation. And Jordan, you've been there since the beginning. I at least had you. Sure, Matt Dobbs. I'm. Uh, I'm insulted for me and the creator of the pee pouch. What is that thing? <laughs> Sneakily. Sneakily. Yeah. <laughs> and finds awesome talent. So basically, Jesse oh, is that. too good. See, the problem is, is that Jesse can't teach his child. about the mistakes that he's learned. So what you have to do, just for starters, is you need to start a grunge band and you refuse to play anything but chords and they get very angry why you haven't made it successful in a weekend. Uh, Now, I'm not saying have a one-night stand, but you got to come as close as you're morally possible. Just say, not not, not because, you know, you need to get your quote-unquote rocks off before you... (laughs) What what is this guy talking about? There was this one time I was at a bar Etc. Etc. You just kind of make a bunch of mistakes, so that you have, so that you're not too good. Because nobody, what child can live up to the expectations of Jesse Thorne? No. I want to clarify something here. That was a great. That was a great like combination of fawning and nonsensical. Like, <laughs> first of all, thank you very much to that guy for your kind words. Sure. I uh, I did not pick that. Brian Fernandez picked it. Sure. It was nice of him to pick that. I don't I, know that Brian Fernandez exists. Sorry. Uh, it's not John Ratzenberger picked <laughs> yeah. that. You know him, of course, <laughs> from his roles in the Pixar films and as Cliff on Cheers. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Well, actually, you know, I think this brings up that that those odd ramblings bring up a a a question that maybe is, is valid, and that's... Um, you know, as a guy who, you know, like you talk a lot about your dad's kind of cautionary tales of yeah. psychedelics and alcohol and... And my mom's tales, which are not intended as cautionary tales, but function as cautionary tales. Sure. Um, and that is like when, you know, like your kid won't have those versions from you. Right. You know. That's a concern to me. That's a genuine concern because and I Teresa know... Teresa doesn't seem like... She seems like she's maybe had a similar life of you know non-mistake yeah spend some time in cuba i guess but i don't know what she we'll have to bring in we'll have to bring in aunts and uncles on that one we do have some firepower in that department sure um gene (laughs) you just bring gene yeah you got me me i think between me and gene we could probably offer some (laughs) some what not to do's i don't 
think you learn. You don't necessarily learn from the mis- mistakes. You, that, in my case, I would try to imitate. Yeah, you're like, yeah, that's a great idea. That's so cool. (laughs) I think we talked. We talked last week about my mom's friend Prickles and climbing the RKO Tower in Washington D.C. So my my family, there's a long history of sort of surprising revelations of uh, just completely batshit insane stuff happening in their lives. Like, oh, like my mom's like, oh, I was at the, um, I, I was at jury duty, and they said, have you ever been? Uh, have you ever been arrested for a felony? And I said, arrested or convicted? <laughs> and like stuff like that, that, that just sort of is casually mentioned to me. Um, but yeah, I've never really, I've never really like, uh, I've never done, I mean, I am a colorful eccentric. Mm-hmm. So I have that going on. Sure. Um, but besides that, yeah, I've, I feel like I need to, there, I maybe I need to make errors so that my children will know what not to do. But on the other hand, I mean, my wife's parents are very upstanding citizens, um, and my wife followed in their footsteps. So you just never know how it's going to go. Are they going to rebel? Or are they going to yeah imitate? You never know. That's a thing. I think my children are are I, this, I there's this part of me that is concerned about having a child because all I can think about is the period of time where they're going to hate me. It oh. seems like such oh. a bummer. Yes, so I don't think that's... Away. Yeah, but I don't think that's... This is, I never, I never like, disliked my parents. Really? Yeah, I, absolutely not. I never had that, I like... I never did either. Yeah, I, I never, never had that, either. fuck you, mom, dad. No, I didn't either. My parents were ancient. Out. My dad was 65 when I was born. I mean, he was a oh, geezer. Wow. Yeah. He was an old guy. He had missing teeth. He fell asleep in front of the TV with his mouth hanging open. I was... I never... Did I never you? made fun of him. I never imitated him. I never. That's yeah. all we ever did at my house was make fun of my dad. Like that was the <laughs> sole source of entertainment. What was what was your? Did you have a rebellious phase? Not, no, I was it, it, in high school. I was no, I was a nerd. I just I, I had no social life. I just did my homework. <laughs> no, I was a really then when I got to college maybe but, and okay. after nice when you wanted a little excitement you just read up on chimp masturbation. <laughs> <laughs> it was a Friday night. Um, but yeah, no, I don't think that's a, I mean, I think, I think, yeah, I think you're, yeah, I mean, it sounds like you had a real fuck you mom, dad phase in life, but I don't think everybody does. And yeah, and I, I mean, I definitely had a dad who probably should have been said fuck you too, yeah. but I always just thought he was, was nice, you know, just cause fine. he, cause he was nice. Yeah. Cause in, I mean, that's cause the funny thing is, is most people who have a fuck you mom and dad period in their mm-hmm. lives, like even when I was getting along very well with my parents, I, I never misbehaved in any dramatic way, uh, except that I never did my homework. And I just never did my homework all the way through college, essentially. Um, I mean, I, college, it's a lot easier to do well in school without mm-hmm. doing homework because they don't give you stupid homework assignments. Um, but like, I essentially never did any homework through my entire academic career. And... That, like, there were periods where my parents would fight with me over that Mm. and periods where they wouldn't. But I never, my fuck you period was never, like, I never was like, fuck you, I'm getting drunk and buying a motorcycle and riding around town on it. Yeah. You know, and my little sister at the, kind of, and she's as upstanding a teetotaler as exists in the world. Um, Yeah, I mean, she definitely went through that kind of fighty period. It's like, there's the kids who rebel by... You know, 
bipod and motorcycles. But then there's just like the general door slamming and tone of voice uh, rebellion, which I think is maybe more what you're worried about is that yeah. there'll be that door slammy the frostiness the, yeah exactly the disdain mm-hmm. but what if what if there's another what the, if there's another thing that happens like uh one of my brothers went through a period where he would like disappear in berkeley for days at a time <laughs> and just come back and i'd later hear some story about you know some guy with a gun coming up to a basement window or something like and he's literally the nicest person in the world yeah uh, I, I, uh, he, now I'm realizing, I'm remembering now that he listens to this show now, so I don't know what, how, what bearing that affects <laughs> how that, I have, I've really having to recalibrate my whole thing to the fact that some people who are in my family now actually listen to Jordan Jesse go specifically my two younger brothers. So my wife has written it off. My parents would never <laughs> listen to it. Um, but, uh, you know, he went through, he went through a troubled period that involved, uh, hanging out with weird people that owned guns. Um, and, uh, and he's really sweet. Uh, so I'm, I'm a little worried about like, what if they, what if, what if my son has a sullen rebellion? Yeah. I don't know. Mopiness. I don't know. I'll just focus on, uh, you know. Yeah. I think it's equal. It's equally likely that it won't happen, but also even if it does, it won't last unless you turn into some sort of actual asshole, you know? It'll be fun because... No matter what, he's going to go through a period where he thinks it's funny when I do a dance. Sure, oh, yeah. and that's what's important, right? Between two and three, man. Especially, that's especially when you're since, shine. especially since Jim Royale, the master of Would You Rather, lives so far away these days, mm-hmm. and so I can't do a little dance with him. Yeah, I'll be able to do it with my. Uh, I'll be able to do it with my uh, my son. Um, yeah, I. I uh... Adam Carolla mentions a pretty a pretty sweet philosophy, especially for him, a lot where he talks about. Like he feels really gay doing it, and he's, this is Adam he's a man word. known for his sweetness. Sure, I know. He's, even though he feels, in quotation marks, gay doing it, he feels like he's like it's the you know it's the number one thing you can do for your kids. Just turn on a Black Eyed Peas song and pick them up and dance with them, even though it's against every like fiber in your body to do so. <laughs> like See, you just have to do it anyway. Yeah, I think you're gonna get it no matter what because my I have two stepkids who are grown now. Okay, and and their mom, I mean, they did it's just the greatest mom, you know, just really supportive and loving, et cetera, et cetera, and that meant that uh, they went through sort of a delayed but ex- sort of extremely violent mm. period of rebel because it was so hard to. By violence, you mean nunchucks? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. She's well, recovering. they learned Jim yeah. Cotta, Jordan. Sure. <laughs> but 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 it was you have it made it harder to push away so it almost made it more extreme yeah that's what i'm scared about they they just became so mean to her and i thought this is the the world's greatest (laughs) mother she was so sweet and how can you how can you do this to her Uh, but it it was necessary to get away because otherwise it was just so nice to be all the time with her and never grow up (laughs) we'll see we'll see see how it unfolds you're gonna get it it no matter what but it's brief yeah thank you i appreciate that well, I'll think of it that way. Yeah. Just like life, in that sense. Sure. Well, that's just when you, you know, that's when you just buy a buy a Lambo and get super into speedboats and. Wait, wait <laughs> you so know? you know it's a boy. Yeah, I know it's a boy. Yeah, boys don't do it. Boys are easier. Yeah, yeah, I get that. They don't have that combative that kind of tone. That frosty, bitchy. 
Everything yeah. you do is so embarrassing. Please drop me off a block from school. I cannot be seen with you. Yeah, or a yeah. block from the whatever the dance, whatever the hell it is. <laughs> dance. The dance. <laughs> do they have those I anymore? Who knows? Yeah, drop me off a block from makeout from, point from yeah. a sexting party. <laughs> from, yes, exactly. <laughs> or whatever it is you kids are up to mm-hmm. these days. Okay, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Mary Roach, author tricks. Author of Packing for Mars, now out in paperback. A delightful read, uh, Bonk, which I read on a cruise ship. Hmm. <laughs> Actually, I went on a cruise ship. Uh, my wife and I went on a cruise with uh, Adam Lissagor <clears throat> just after, uh, and, and his uh, charming girlfriend, uh, Roxana, just after the economy collapsed. Uh, I, I was thinking, like, I wonder what this does to cruise ships. We went on like a three-day, two-night cruise for like 150 bucks a piece. Yes. <laughs> something maybe it was even less. It might have been 125 a piece. Like it was sixty dollars yeah. a night or something. We did that. My husband's family too. Yeah, we got really cheap. <laughs> three days, just and no, there's no, there's no old people anymore. It's just really, really poor people. <laughs> yeah, and and it's, just drunk. It's cheaper than a night at the Motel Six. Yeah. yeah. But don't you have and to? Drunks. Don't you have to? Is the booze free, or do you no, have to like? Not, oh, you think, have to but, pay for the booze. That's the only thing you have to pay that. for. Yeah. They don't mention that. So if you're a drunk, stupid person and you don't oh. look into it, you go, "Hey, 150 bucks. It's all. Everything's paid. Hmm. And the food's it is not really paid. that bad. I mean, it's not good, but in the restaurant at dinner, it's it's sure, fair. Nice. It's all totally right. passable. And then you get to eat all the soft ice cream you want for lunch. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a. It's. I wouldn't recommend it. Necessarily, but I'm happy that I spent that hundred and twenty-five dollars on it. Was well worth one hundred and twenty-five dollars for three days, and it was a great opportunity to read a delightful mm-hmm. and fascinating book by our guest Mary Roach. Um, when something important happens in your lives, we ask that you give us a call at two zero six nine eight four four fun to tell us about it. Something not just important, but as we like to call it, momentous. Specifically, a momentous occasion. That was a really awkward intro. Like, I feel like I saved it to some extent with intonation, but it was constructed very, very poorly. Okay, let's, let's take a listen to some momentous occasions, shall we? Hi, Jordan, Jesse Guest. This is Colin in Park Slope, Brooklyn, home of celebrity judge John Hodgman. I just had a momentous occasion. I heard a Park Slope dad say to his four-year-old son, I'll buy you the first or the second Black Eyed Peas album because those are the good ones. I just wanted to share that with you guys. Thanks oh, for my God. That is a very fine distinction. Yeah. I, I just imagine if my parents had, had been, like, really specific about, like, uh, you may want the Pointer Sisters album with Jump For My Love on it, which was my favorite song when I was a little kid. Uh, but we're going to get you that one where they're all dressed as flappers on the cover, and they're doing a <laughs> weird kind of uh, swing uh, disco hybrid. This is weird. I can't decide whether I think this is responsible parenting or not. It seems... Because it's like, okay... Number one... But here's the thing. The, as someone who owns the first Black Eyed Peas album... Sure. Um, I will say, while it is the good Black Eyed Peas album, the second album is not. The mm. fr- only the first one is all you want. Uh, they were always bad rappers. Sure. And they all and Will I Am was always a moderately talented to some to very talented producer, um, and they were always good dancers. They always put on a fun show. Sure. Well, bl- quality of Black Eyed Peas. It seems like okay. I think, but this is a child. Like, yeah. Does the child need to have 
like shouldn't the child just be able to listen to music that they like as long as it's not and you damaging know what? in any way? Like I honestly I don't feel like the black eyed peas are all that bad. No, I mean I think the black eyed peas are pretty much the best case scenario of that kind of if thing. If you're a child too, you yeah. love that. When yeah. I was a kid I, when I was a kid, this is how old I when I was a kid, my parents there were there were two I remember two LPs when I was yeah. one of my earliest memories. Enrico like, Caruso. No. <laughs> crank it up and <laughs> sure. It was the the it was the entire oeuvre of, of Gilbert and Sullivan. It, and it was so big, it was like a little little box, and you'd open up. It had little a little clasp that you. Mm-hmm. And, they would, and there were six, six LPs, and there was that. And next to that was my brother. It was a Frank Zappa. So there was I had my choices were Frank Zappa and Gilbert and Sullivan. Wow. Yeah. So I turned away from music for a very long time. Not that there's anything wrong with Frank Zappa, but as a six year old. Dad calling with a romantic occasion. I just had my mind blown. Uh... Sorry for that unusually long period of dead dead air there. (laughs) This is Odad calling with a momentous occasion. I just had my mind blown. Uh, Long time listener. uh, Went to a show at the Ashby stage. Amazing show written by my friend. The lead actor killed it. And it was Ashcon. It was amazing. I did not know. Um, I, 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 I decided to actually play this one, in part because you live in the East Bay. Um, but our friend Ashcon has been in the show called Beardo mm-hmm. uh, uh, at the Shotgun Players in uh, Berkeley, California, right by the Ashby Bar Station. A very legitimate uh, experimental theater group. Probably the top experimental theater group in the Bay Area. Um, uh, I know where, I, where that theater is. It is a uh, it is a musical about Rasputin, mm-hmm. uh, and Ashcon plays mm. Rasputin in it. Uh, Jordan Jesse Go favorite uh, friend of the program Ashcon. Uh, I heard a rave review from uh, forum regular Janie of the show. I know it just got extended. The run was through April twenty fourth. It got extended through the first, which is when we're recording this. It may get extended again, uh, but if it does. Uh, go see Ashcon as uh, Rasputin in uh, Beardo Bay Area residence. I have a postcard uh, uh, on my office wall from somebody sent of it, it's Rasputin's. They have Rasputin's alleged penis in a, in a, a glass jar. There's a photograph of a guy looking through a microscope, and then there's the <laughs> penis in the jar. And it's it's quite they do it's it's an actual it's in a museum. Okay, the Museum of Rasputin. <laughs> yeah. It's in Siberia somewhere. It's in the Museum of Microscope Decks. So, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I think I just got cut off, so I'm going to repeat myself. Uh, hi, Jordan and Jess. This is Sachi from Portland, Oregon. Uh, I'm calling with a momentous occasion. So, there's a swingers club in my neighborhood called Angels, and I was just walking by there, and a homeless man came bursting out of the doors, He was wearing a Carhartt jacket and a pair of sweatpants with a large boner sticking up, uh, I guess protruding out of them. Um, And he said to me, I'm Barbara Walters. (laughs) That's it. Thanks, guys. I love the show. Yay. We love you, too. Yay. Oh. It's weird that they let... A homeless guy. Oh, I mean, maybe he just barged into the swingers club. I think it is, she said, "Med have said singles club." Oh, I thought she said swingers ah. club. I thought swingers club too, but then I convinced myself it was singles club. Mm. It sounds like Giles Brindley. Did, you remember in Bonk the guy who the, the, the stuff in was a precursor to Viagra. He did. He he demonstrated to the audience by taking a dose and then going on stage wearing a sweatpants and pulling them tight 
to say, see, see how effective it is. And then, and then he's like, and then he oh. electrocuted an elephant. <laughs> then he's like, they're not getting it. So he pulls down the, the track pants. Oh my God. And walks like in, out into the audience so that people could feel the tumescence and like women in the, <laughs> women in the front row screamed and wow. ran. Wow. But it started with a boner and a tracksuit. That's why. How about it? That's what triggered the memory. Giles Brindley and his. <laughs> it was papaverine. That was the drug. Anyway. Well, it okay. is obviously a momentous occasion in the time you heard best-selling author talk about uh, best-selling author Mary Roach talk about the uh, uh, pre-Viagra boner in the crowd. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't call it in. However, do put it in your cell phone two zero six nine eight four four fun. So that next time something momentous happens, you can give us a call. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Mary Roach, authoratrix. Listen, this book is out in paperback. You're going to think this is a delightful book. That's what my dollars to donuts. <laughs> you will think it's a delight. This is my way of getting donuts, by the way, Jordan. Yeah, yeah. Please mail Jesse donuts. Dollars to donuts just means mail me donuts, right? Yeah. I'm not entirely sure how it works. Okay. Uh, Mary Roach's book uh, is called Packing for Mars. I want to thank all the... We had Volunteer Day mm-hmm. uh, just the other day here. You you were stopping. You were here signing 8x10s. Yeah, I did have to stop by to sign all of my 8x10s. Um, and uh, we sent out a whole bunch of uh, thank you gifts from our pledge drive. And the rest... Everything at this point, uh, except for a few international boxes, is in the mail. So it should be showing up to you. Things are coming in different boxes. Some people are emailing me like, oh, I got, I got one of the things I was supposed to get and not all of them, but... Uh, things are going out in the mail now. You'll get them within the next couple of weeks. Um, and special thanks to all of the folks who came out here and volunteered. I'd like to see some, from the people who did get signed 8x10s, I would like to see pictures of them framed and mounted in your house. So okay. send those in. Yeah, jjgo.org. Send that shit in. Speaking of things to send in, um, when we had the action item to give me advice on uh, what I should do uh, during my 30th year, and you advice on what you should do during your 29th year, there was a lot of talk about surprising parent revelations. Mm-hmm. Like, that subject really seems to have struck a chord. Yeah. So I want to make that this week's action item. Give us a call at 206-9844-FUN and tell us the the craziest thing that your parent ever revealed to you in an unexpected context. <laughs> um, and I think we're going to get some good stuff. Uh, 206-9844-FUN, jjgo at maximumfun.org. Again, our guest has been uh, Mary Roach. Uh, her book is called Packing for Mars. It's all about space, the history of space travel and uh, uh, whether with the grand vision of whether man can ever travel to Mars. But it's also about things like astronaut ice cream and Tang and their uh, connections purported or actual to the space program. Um, Our theme music, Love You, by The Free Design, courtesy of Light in the Attic Records. Um, We're online at MaximumFun.org, where we have a lively forum where people love to discuss this program. Very lively. Here's some shit I need to get off my chest, Jordan. Okay. I was just on Tweeters. Sure. You've heard of this. I have. Uh, instant messaging technology for sexing skateboards or something. Yeah. Um, and I noticed that our friends at My Brother, My Brother, and Me, who I hasten to point out have fewer listeners than we do. It's sure. close. They're okay. a very popular program. Yep. Fewer listeners than we do. Many more tweets on their subject. Mm. 
This week, I want more tweets about Jordan Jesse Go than there are about my brother, my brother, and me, so I don't have to go to the people that I write a check to every month, my employees, if you will. They're not legally my employees, no. but something like yeah, that. Sure. The people that are supposed to be working under me. Mm-hmm. When I say jump, they're supposed to say how high. What's happening right now is if I call up the Mabimbams and I say jump, they say, yeah, we have a lot more Twitter messages with our hashtag. Mm. Hashtag is JJ Go. Okay. Look, I don't care what you write. Sure. Just hashtag it JJ Go. Hashtag it, it JJ whatever Go. Whatever you were Twittering. Look, and don't at message JJ Go because at JJ Go is now a German lady. <laughs> so don't send it nice. to the. She seems like a nice German lady. What is your at thing? I'm at Young American. Jordan is at Jordan underscore Morris. Eugene O'Neill just recently signed up. Oh, good for him. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what his Twitter is, or I'd plug it. Um, but I'll put it in the forum. How about that? Uh, but hashtag JJ Go. Honestly, I would love it if you recommended Jordan Jesse Go. I would love it if you linked to a favorite episode or said a favorite quotation or you know uh, said something momentous happened to you and hashtag JJ Go. But I'll take pretty much anything. Just hashtag a JJ Go. I want more messages hashtag JJ Go this week, this coming week, than the Mavim Bams. Do you think we can do it? I think we can do it. I hope we can do it. We got a fucking guy high-fived Yao Ming on our behalf. <laughs> if we can get somebody to high-five yeah, Yao do Ming, basically anything. we can fucking yeah. beat somebody. We invented Twitter. <laughs> sure. We explained At Twitter South to... Southwest. We invented it. Hashtag JJ Go. Okay, we'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jesse Go. Thank you for being here, Mary. Thanks for having me.